Today on the show, making Advent a worthwhile wait. Uh, are you in the fake news bubble? Where have all the men gone? Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Just uh, adjusting the playback on my ear uh, here. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 331. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher. She's a campus minister. She is uh, at Chappelle High School mm-hmm. in Metairie. She's our locally sourced Faith Ninja. Hello, Kathleen. Well, hello there. And she's cute, too. She aren't is. I, aren't I just so cute? <laughs> Thanks, she has, a, she has a new camera for those of you watching us in the live stream. and. <laughs> She's not blue. No. No more blue. No more. That's right. So if uh, if you haven't watched us on the live stream, now's a good reason to tune in because Kathleen is radiant. Also radiant, Olivia Galino. She is a student of life and our resident Italian food critic. Hello, Olivia. Hey, Father. Uh, Done with exams yet? No. No. Sadly not. But closer and closer. That's right. That's right. Sounds like a hobbit journey to me. Sure. That's right. <laughs> there are rings and fiery pits to all of that. Yeah, yes, of grad things. school includes all of that. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, in space, Jeff Blackwell is the technical director of the CU. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Hello, Jeff. Yes, Father, I'm here. Uh, no, no camera. I had a bad hair day, and I already got my jammies on. So that, that's okay. <laughs> in, in space, you can do that. You know exactly. Uh, and then, of course, we have Ed in uh in the, the video cave as well as katie who's running our graphics computer and um those things are necessary for a television program podcast radio program in this year of our lord 2016 here here and i'll tell you uh it uh it is it is an advent season mm. already um it, ladies has has your advent actually begun well or have you been surprised by the abruptness of the start of the Advent season? Um, I, um, I might spend well. Yeah. I think I'm ready. Like I, I make a point every year to hold off on all things Christmas mm-hmm. until after Thanksgiving. Like I won't listen to music. I won't decorate. I can't do. I can't do any of that. Um, How very Catholic. So, so yesterday I was no Friday I was driving and I was flipping through and, and Christmas music came on. I was like, ah. Wait. Hmm. <laughs> now is the time. Mm, that's right. Release the Christmas music. So, uh, so yeah, you know, I just kind of eased into this to this Advent, and it was like, okay, Advent starts on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm ready for this. So, yep. mine's been pretty pretty good. There you go. And uh, and of course, Olivia, yours. I definitely got surprised by Advent this yeah. year. You know, in my mind, I knew that it was coming, but then I sat in mass this morning and I flipped open my missile and I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> flipping back it's mm-hmm. advent and so that was my introduction into advent was oh look the wreath is on the altar mm-hmm. and we have new okay and new new liturgical year it's a lot to get through so right. yeah I, i'm still getting caught up yeah a bit. I, I love the meme that says i'm still writing year c on all my checks <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like that. Uh, for, for those of you who perhaps don't uh follow the liturgical year we are in year a again the liturgical year is a three-year sunday cycle and, uh, and of course, if you go to Mass every Sunday for an entire three-year cycle, you hear something like 85% of the Bible if wow. you add in daily Mass to that. Yeah. So really, uh, for, those of the, for those who might say the Catholic Church is not a church of the Bible, <laughs> you haven't been to yeah. Mass. Rongo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we thought maybe to help you ease into the Advent season, we, we'd uh, pop over to Olivia 
for uh, some some ways to be, I know we don't particularly like this word, to be mindful. Yes. Or should we say to keep watch? There you go, to be aware, to be yeah. awake, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where we're supposed to be awake. So here's some ways to be awake yep. during Advent because it's, it's one of those times where we know Christmas is coming and so we have to prepare for Christmas in mm-hmm. not only the spiritual ways, but we uh, the material ways are the ways that are most that's right. evident. That's right. um, by uh, commercials and music and everything. So those actually, are the things you know, that are... We, we at the Catholic Underground call Advent something different. We call it Christmas Lent. <laughs> Christmas Lent. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we do. Because even though there isn't this great penitential season in the same way that Lent is, mm-hmm. it yeah. is a season of great preparation. There you mm-hmm. go. And yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, Christmas Lent. Yeah, Christmas Lent. Mm-hmm. And like... Advent Easter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't okay. go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Not that I take it back. Case. I take it back. But there's there's lots of things to do. There's shopping lists because mm. you, you got to get presents. Uh, there's lists to get the house ready for grandma coming to visit. There's a Christmas card mailing list if you send out Christmas cards. There's a list of presents to get the kids' teachers. And if you are one of Kathleen's students, mm-hmm. we're looking at you. Mm-hmm. She wants I'll the post, good stuff. I'll post a list to the show notes. That's right. Her Amazon <laughs> wish list is coming yes, at you. Uh, that's right. Would you, would you accept uh, like uh, special food items? Yes, as long as they're not almonds. Mm-hmm. As long as they're pumpkin not spice. Almonds. Ooh, too many. Almonds. Oh, too soon. It's too soon. That's right. But yeah, so the ba- the busyness of life can threaten us to make us feel like it's too much. Yep. I have no room at the end for all of these things in my life, and so it's easy to forget what we're really preparing for, mm-hmm. and it's the birth of Christ. Um, so to help us be more awake, to be more mindful of the Advent season of Jesus, who is uh, you know I hate that. I don't hate it, but that, that <laughs> platitude of, you know, remember the reason for the season is true. I mean, yeah, Jesus, it, it really it's is. It's true, but it's a little, it's a little played out. Yeah. I just, as, things start to rhyme. I just, you, mm-hmm. you lose me. I like an alliteration, but sometimes, sometimes those end alliterations are difficult. Yeah. Reason for the season. Yeah. yeah. Use it sparingly, kids. Yeah. Right. So here are some ways. First of all, give alms. And I love this because it is a, it's a, preparatory, a preparation, preparatory period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to go back to that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And like we said, it's not that penitential uh, spirit of Lent. So we're not, you don't take on a fast for Advent. But it is a time to, to give charitably. Um, and giving alms is one way to do that. Mm-hmm. So whether you're donating things, your time, your treasure, you give a gift to someone who doesn't have any Christmas gifts this year. Um, or just taking from what you plan to spend on yourself or on yep. someone else and maybe downsizing it so that you have funds to give in another direct, in another direction, um, it helps you recognize how tremendously gifted we really are, um, in, in our, not only in the material ways, but in the spiritual ways too. Um, because there are some people who are very unfortunate, and this is the time of year to, to recognize right. them and to see them as, as human beings. That giving tree is a very popular thing. Right. Where various members of your community uh, will turn in the names of uh, the, the, the name, the sex, and the, and the age of the child, and, mm-hmm. you, and you get a little gift for them. Yeah, and those are great because they're usually mm-hmm. wants and needs. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, know, you can buy a little pack of, of children's socks, but you can also buy them a cute little toy too. That's right. Um, so next you have reading. Yes. Um, so spiritual preparation often involves reading, mm-hmm. um, but it could be anything. It could be reading a children book, a children's book to quiet the mind, because maybe you can't multitask when you're when you're reading. I mm-hmm. can't, definitely cannot. 
Um, so if you're reading to your children or your spouse or even just reading to yourself, and it doesn't even have to be about Christmas. It could be right. something, it could be about Christmas. It could even be an Advent book, something about spiritual preparation, or just another book, something that helps you to just stop, to be in the moment and be still. You know, to me, the Chronicles of Narnia, the first book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, could be a good a good book to read for Advent. That's a good idea. My friend, my friend yeah. Jamie is reading that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it, it's uh, it's basically it's it's always winter, but never Christmas mm. in uh, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and mm. so there the 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 coming of Christ uh, is is the coming of Aslan. Oh, did I give it away? Is that a spoiler? Mm. Um, but uh, but so this whole the whole this whole universe, right? This whole place is in waiting and almost in mourning because they think. That they are lost in this perpetual, you know, pile of snow, mm. but there is hope. It's mm. a really good idea. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. Every now and then, I got one. <laughs> well, we appreciate them you're, when they come. You're welcome. <laughs> so next, we have praying, and it may seem flippant to say that because it is a, a spiritual yeah, that's uh, an easy season. Answer. Of course, like, we should oh, pray. Yeah, yeah, I gotta pray. But I mean, it really is the actual way that things start to change, in which we can be changed, mm-hmm. in which we say we we become more like. Mary than like Martha. Mm. Um, and especially in this time when, when it's easy to get overwhelmed and anxious about things, um, not just like the, the trappings of the holidays, but just it's, it's the year's ending. There's a lot of different things that are happening. Um, and so praying is another way to just to be still, to be with God. Yep. Um, listening, another way. So Kathleen was talking about how she, she saves herself for Christmas music so that mm-hmm. she can unleash the hounds. Yep. So let's <laughs> do that. Put on Christmas music. Be immersed in the season. Um, mm-hmm. It can brighten the house, and it, it helps you keep going with that constant reminder of why you're doing all this. So if you have Christmas music going while you're putting up the ornaments or yep. hanging the wreaths, uh, it's, a, it's a good way to be in that moment, um, to be fully recognizing what's what's happening and what you're really preparing for. Nowadays, yep. there are actually things called Advent music. Yeah, yeah. that's just about to say. Yeah. 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 Advent at Ephesus uh, is, is one of the, the, uh, the CDs out there, or I should say the albums out there. Mm. Do we still have CDs? Not really. I mean, yes, kind okay. of. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. They're like small records. <laughs> small vinyl. Yeah. Small uh, vinyl. That's right. Uh, but, but yeah, there, there actually is a genre of Advent music now mmm. uh, that, that, uh, that's out there. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. uh, Sufjan Stevens has... He, he does. He has a bunch of Christmas music, but he has some yes, Advent stuff kind of sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very soothing. So if you're putting up the ornaments and you feel like falling asleep, you can put that on. I love me some Low How a Rose Air Blooming. Mm. I love that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. With eggnog, you can't beat it now. Oh, yeah. Well, that helps. <laughs> that helps any Advent music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. The the syrupiness of the eggnog uh, <laughs> helps the syrupiness of the of the music in your ear. Yeah. Ear syrup. Ear syrup. Yeah. Okay, moving on from that <laughs> disgusting visual. So next you can make a list. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard the song. Santa does this. We all know that. Um, and he I gets, knew someone had. Right? Yeah. And he gets much more done in one day than you do, sorry to say. Mm-hmm. More than He's I do. He's a multitasker if ever there was one. Exactly. <laughs> Checking and, it first and twice at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he knows the value of getting everything done um, and that you don't have to keep it all in your head. Mm-hmm. So it, the think system doesn't work for your kids obviously doesn't work for you write it down and it'll help you prioritize everything that you got to do um and it doesn't even mean just a list of get a list of gifts it could be a list of things that you want to be have accomplished during advent or a list of journal topics that you want to write about Mm -hmm. things like that so uh 
in thinking in uh, the, the idea of giving alms or giving of your time, giving charitably, call a friend. Mm-hmm. Pick a friend a day, maybe, or a friend a week. Say hello. Say you're thinking of them. Um, say that you miss them or that you just want to know what's going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So and we all know your contact lists are getting longer and longer each day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So use them. Yeah, it could be maybe you get uh, a Christmas card in the mail from someone that you haven't heard or, or oh, seen a cool in a idea. while. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get it in the mail. You take that moment to, while you're at the mailbox walking back to your house to give them a call. I just realized that, that I'm in a new parish, and I wonder if I'm going to end up with lots of Christmas cards at my old parish. Oh, I'm going to be doing a lot of address <laughs> um, changing, yeah. forwarding. Yeah, I forgot to do That's what I forgot to do at the post office. Oh. Oopsie. Oh. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> Make <laughs> my it, list. Write it down. Aha. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> uh, continue. Sorry, I, just had, I had a moment where I was like, "Oh, I've got to adult." Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We take a minute for Father Chris to update his to-do list. Yeah. All right, and uh-huh. we're good. Just, just and we're keep back. It going. I'll just be doing that now. So while he's writing that, mm-hmm. uh, think about writing a letter too. Uh, we talk about this a lot on the show, the importance of writing things down, but also writing letters, because um, no one really gets mail anymore. You get circulars from mm-hmm. things that you've never signed up for. You get catalogs, and you get junk mail, and then you get bills. But getting some a piece of mail, uh, it's a treasure to someone. It gives them an it gives you the opportunity to let someone know that they're important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's just a small note, it doesn't even have to be a Christmas card, you know, with your face on it, looking all cute with your Santa hat. <laughs> it could just be like a note to say, hey, I was thinking of you. I hope you're having a great day. That goes a long way. Yeah. I am a huge fan of handwritten things. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I, if I have to write, you know, I have thank you cards coming out of my ears um, of just, just that I can grab and just, it doesn't have, at first when I started to write people, it, it was this long, like blah, 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 blah. And now it's just like, hey, it was so good to meet you or thank you so much for having me this weekend or it was great to be at your church. Mm-hmm. It's just super short and, and there it is. Personal, right. but short. Uh, you know, and I can't tell you how many people have said, I don't ever get mail. And this was really cool to get this. I'm yeah. like, I know, isn't it so fun? And right? Kathleen's really good at writing, too. I believe every word that she says because it's exactly what I want to hear. Aww. <laughs> it does. It, you write very well. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure you make many, many, many people's days. Well, doing I that. try. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's so waiting for his card. You'll get one, Jeff. Don't worry. I need you to the list. Yay. I am looking forward to that because <laughs> I love a good handwritten note. I yes. mean that. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next on the list, thinking of self-care during this time of preparation, take a nap. Yeah. I'm already way ahead. I love it. Can we do that? Can we do that right now? It's like preschool, just lay on the floor. Yeah, take a nap or even go to bed early. Um, It's a a very exhausting time of year, and that can lead to short tempers and even despair or maybe some overspending, some retail therapy. Yeah. Um, But overall, just not being able to give of yourself in the way that we really want to. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to prepare ourselves to be a gift as well. So take Hmm. that nap. But don't stay asleep because... Because... And we also have to exercise. <laughs> Time to get up and exercise. Yeah. Right. I personally, I, I hate to exercise. I'm really not yeah. ashamed to admit it. Um, but I know that it's good for me. Right. And it's also proven to be a good de-stressing technique. It's true. Um, so mm-hmm. I even have to remind myself, like, taking a walk counts as exercise. That's right. Just go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also pick a person in your family each day to do something for. Um, and it, if you don't live with your family or nearby, these can be simple things like we talked about earlier, sending them a letter or a mm-hmm. phone call. Um, but if you do live nearby, it could just be picking up some chocolate and dropping it out for your mom because you know she likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things to let people know without saying too much that you care about them, that you're thinking yep. about them. 
Uh, and then when that list threatens to overwhelm, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, even Santa has elves, right? Yep. That's true. Um, oh, yeah. So if you tend to wait until the tipping point for all of this, you know, like December 23rd, uh, and you're You're, you're well into the O antiphons exactly, and yes. the night is far spent, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, can, it, it can be really overwhelming to the point of just tearing your hair out with everyone else at the mall. Uh, and it's a lot easier to ask for help when you're not overwhelmed, so start early with that. Uh, and this is, I think, the best one on the list. Go to adoration. Mm-hmm. Because you, in doing so, you'll be imitating the shepherds, the kings, the angels, all of those who are coming to adore Christ yeah. our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so what a better, there's not a better way to participate in, in the preparation for the nativity than that. That's the beautiful thing about, about being Catholic, is that we participate in the already, the not yet, and the is to come. Mm-hmm. How beautiful that is, that, that you can go to Eucharistic Adoration, or you can go to Mass, and you can celebrate Christmas morning and Easter morning all on the same day while you're preparing mm. for Jesus ah. to come. Yeah, mm. I know. I, yeah. I love dwelling in a paradox. Mm. Yeah, not just paradoxers. Paradox. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I suppose it's uh, it's that time where we just remind you very very subtly that even in the midst of preparation for Advent, we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker, your Advent companion. Also joined by Jeff Blackwell, Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee is here. And our picks of the week are not far away. But first, have you been caught up in the bubble? It's quite possible that you have. Uh, If you've been scrolling here, there, and yonder on your Facebook feed or, or really Twitter or any of the social news feeds, you notice that there are some headlines that are just a little too weird. Yeah. And it turns out they are, right? Yes, they are. <laughs> Look, we, you know, I just did a, I just gave a talk on um, on how we as a generation are a headline generation. Mm-hmm. We Y'all, read the bold stuff. There was yeah. a there was a statistic saying that 80% of people get their information from headlines alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 80 But let me say 80% <laughs> of people only read the headlines. Y'all, have you read some of the headlines that are out there? Uh-huh. I mean, ridiculous. Like, you could scroll through and say something like, you know, Rosie O'Donnell threatens to to move to the moon if we don't resurrect Harambe, <laughs> which was the, which was that gorilla. that gorilla who was who was unfortunately killed. Yeah. Um, but like, what? And so we're like, oh my gosh, this is a tragedy. We need to get on this. And right? then the frenzy begins. Yeah. The frenzy. Now, frenzy. while there are surely some crazy stories out there, and and, and some that are true. Right? This world is not, uh, is not, shall we say, calm mm-hmm. or at mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in this Advent season when we look for times of peace and, and mm-hmm. comfort. It's not really what we find. Um, but the last, in the last couple of months, the, the buzzword has been fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with all of the, the election stuff. Right. There's been a lot of fake news. Right. And now it's a thing. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, we're not talking about this clickbait stuff. Like we we're, we've been familiar with clickbait, all this, you know, um, the, the stories with crazy headlines. But it's sort of real. That's right. Jeff fell off his chair. What he did next will yeah. astound you. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never guess. Right, we're talking. <laughs> right. That might not actually be fake news. I don't know. Oh, well. And then he had a sandwich, and it was awesome. There you go. Right. We're talking about sites that are completely invented news, and they look, but they look like they're the real deal. Mm-hmm. So it could totally fool you just by looking at it. That's right. Um, so like Father was saying, with the election, a lot of people probably saw the fake news site that said Pope Francis endorsed Donald Trump. That wasn't mm-hmm. clickbait. 
that was totally fake, but the site looked absolutely normal. Mm -hmm. Like by the by the way it was structured, that's kind of what mm -hmm. we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It looks legit. Now we've all clicked on on websites where we're like, okay, nah, this, this is, is baloney. Comic most, Sans, this most can't be real. Yeah, <laughs> Comic Sans, and that's the thing. right? I think most graphic designers go, that's not a real news site. Yeah. I would never use that kerning. No, 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 no this was not. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Not text right. tracking is wrong. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's those things on my, like when I get on my phone and it, it gives me one half of a sentence and then I have to click through like six mm -hmm. ads that come up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, wait, I forget this. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't really care that much about what happens next. No. Right? Who endorsed it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. But according to some people, these fake news sites um, are out of control um, and are even causing some mass confusion. However... However, it doesn't seem to be the case based on analysis and evidence, but it does raise a good topic of discussion. Where do we get our news from and can we trust it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are you getting your news from? Right. I remember as a kid um, in, in Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. uh, there were two newspapers. There was the State Times and the Morning Advocate, right? Mm -hmm. So the Morning Advocate came in the morning and then the evening edition of the paper was the State Times. And so those were your news sources. Right. Uh, in addition to your local broadcast media, which was not broadcasting 24 hours a day mm -hmm. on the internet and, and elsewhere, you'd get you'd get the morning news, which usually wasn't more than 30 minutes, it might have yep. been 35. Huh? Mm -hmm. You might get a noon news broadcast on a weekday, because I was at school. But right. then you'd get the evening news, you get right. the local news, and then the uh, the national, and that was it. Yeah. Well, now you get news four, five, six, nine, twelve. <laughs> Just to yeah. wrap it all up. Mm -hmm. Well, those are traditional sources, right? And, mo and most recently, um, cable news, right? Mm -hmm. You can CNN, all those kinds of things. Um, but those sources have always had some kind of bias. Um, they're, it's a business. They're mm -hmm. competing with each other. Um, who can make the most money by selling papers, advertisements? Um, who can get the story first? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the web, the interwebs, mm -hmm. the internet, mm -hmm. that dark, scary place, <laughs> has um, has created an entirely new ecosystem of news. Mm -hmm. It's insane when you look at it. You know, in the olden days, like Father <laughs> Chris was saying, you used to get it from from just a few sources. But mm -hmm. now anybody can create news. Can right. be a newscaster. The buzzword there is a citizen journalist, and right. that can be helpful because if if, if something is happening near where I live, I can actually report it without having to go through a, a major news source, and then right. a major news source can pick it up. But that's also kind of the double-edged sword. Right. Yeah. So some of these some of these new parts of this ecosystem, you got social media, mm -hmm. uh, where people can share news from more traditional sources. Um, and, and Facebook and Twitter are big players in this kind of news. So they take it from traditional, um, maybe more reliable, and they sources and they share it mm -hmm. with the masses. Mm -hmm. um, you've got blogs and aggregators which collect news and republish it um, with some commentary added in. So um, what would be an example of this, you think? Uh, well, yeah, maybe something like like BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed okay, that's what would, I was thinking, would yeah. take the news and then they would comment on it and kind of tell you how to think about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you got a few YouTubers who are producing uh, video news news according to the same pattern. Just, you know, what do I think about this? Here's right. some, some real information, but Maybe I'm going to steer you this way a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. um, you've got web forums like Reddit and Newsvine, which are generally a little more uh, niche-oriented. You um, could category. fall down the well in Reddit. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. I know. Um, and finally, you've got entertainment, which uses the news for content like The Daily Show, um, mm -hmm. Stephen Colbert. Yeah, and actually things like Good Morning America, um, up until recently... They usually flip-flop back and forth between being produced by the entertainment division mm -hmm. and the news division. And oftentimes you 
kind of can't see in between the two, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the buzzword that a lot of people are saying nowadays, though, is the bubble. Mm-hmm. The bubble. More. Where are you on the bubble? More mm-hmm. and more, the news is uh, segmenting itself so that people on the left can hear news entirely from that perspective, and people on the right can hear news entirely from that perspective. I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. Like I, like people are like, oh, you're going according to the left or the right. I'm like, I just want to hear the news. I like the truth will suffice. Yeah, I just want to know yeah. what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. This means that, unfortunately, that we rarely hear the other side's perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not just straight news anymore. It's news with, um, they have a show in New Orleans called News with a Twist. Yeah. All of it is news with a twist. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I just want straight news. And, and that's actually a good thing to be able to get news from, from various sources mm-hmm. and from both sides, if you will. Um, good news reporting will do that. Mm-hmm. Will provide both sides of an issue and then allow you to make a decision. Right. Um, but uh, but one of the things that can happen because of the way that you can specialize and niche your social media experience is that you can get news from just one source. Mm-hmm. And even though we like to hear things that we personally agree with, uh, it's sometimes good to 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 branch out. You know, and to actually listen to what the other side is. Because that's the only way we can develop an understanding of what is true. And then we have a measuring stick, in our case, our Catholic faith, Mm -hmm. that helps us to go, okay, that's not quite accurate. Right. So the question I mean, I pose to you guys is where do you get your news from? Hmm. My my news, I, I'm trying. My primary news sources usually are the sources themselves. So mm-hmm. uh, so Associated Press, I'll usually go to, um, and then uh, their aggregators. So like CBS, ABC, NBC, they will all aggregate Associated Press stories mm-hmm. or UPI, uh, mm-hmm. and and I will I will kind of dig through that. I find that I have to dig for news, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to get the. And actually, I also use News.va. That's the Vatican's news mm-hmm. uh, agency. And the Catholic News Agency is also part of that. Uh, they're, they're affiliated with them. So that's mm-hmm. where I get my news. And it helps to keep a little bit out of the bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mostly the same. I, I kind of pick and choose different uh, newspapers and, mm-hmm. and online newspapers, things that are uh, mostly available online. So like the New York Times, uh, our local newspaper, The Advocate, um, and some other things that help me get a more rounded perspective. So I try to pick things that I know have bias in one direction, but then I, I try to pick something else that right. has a bias in the other direction. So you can find the so middle, kind of balance it out. The middle <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but then that also makes it a little more tenuous because I have to try to figure out Okay, well, what's the truth? Uh, and mm-hmm. so I usually have to end up doing more digging for myself. So yeah. it can it can go right. down that dark rabbit hole. Because the goal here too is to be able to provide a reasonable way to talk about the positions with which you disagree. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what hunting for news is really all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you use Do you use anything in particular? Um, I I I don't, but I can off I often find. That I can, that I can, um, you can sniff I a, out. I have a BS detector. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like, exactly. wait a minute, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about <laughs> our Catholic faith. Yeah. yeah. With our Catholic faith, that's kind of the measuring rod. Mm-hmm. And so if we know what the church teaches and what we believe. Uh, some might call that a bias, but, but we know the truth is not a thing. It's a person. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we can measure everything up against that, even right. if you are looking at different news sources. And of course, there are just the weird news sources that are like abcnews.co and not .com, <laughs> that's the fake news site, you know? So you do, yeah. you have to, to look at those things. Yeah, so it, it's amazing the different ways in which we find news, but we're happy that you have chosen us to find the news that is the truth, the good news. We're the Catholic Underground. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but stick right with us, if you don't mind.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Hi! Yes! Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino and Kathleen Lee. And Jeff Blackwell from space. Yes. Jeff, you're still up there? I'm somewhere out here. Yeah. Hello, yeah. up there. That's right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Can anyone hear me? In, in his PJs without a camera, it's it's quite possible that Jeff, you know, could be watching Netflix yeah, instead of the show. No, that's I'm what I'd be that's what I'd be doing. In fact, <laughs> yeah. one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about gathering news, yeah. the, the thing that kind of disturbs me is uh, coming up as a kid, you used to get the uh, what are their seven points like the who, what, when, where, how, yeah, that's why, right. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's sort of opinion, and that's what just drives oh, that's me very nuts. True. So, um, anyway, yeah, just just the facts, man. No, that's true. I was watching. I was kind of zipping in and out today and I think my parents had recorded the news and it was something like you know this and even because even the the traditional news you know shows are doing this it's like this happened and it's horrible more on that in just a minute yeah. and you're like what what <laughs> it's right they won't tell you what's bleeding but Man. they'll tell you that it's leading oh, yeah. you gotta listen to like two or three stories about puppies and kittens and <laughs> bubbles and stuff and that's right and coming up next a really big news <laughs> item mm-hmm it's true, but no, Jeff, that, that's actually true. That's the way they teach you in journalism school, right? You, you find all the W's, right? Who, what, when, where, why, and then how. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's, a, that's a good measuring stick, too, right? If you, if you perhaps are not playing the home game of Catholicism, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, that's a good way to begin to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true. We have a question to ask you, and it's a where. Where? <laughs> where have America's young men gone? Good question. <laughs> and not just the ones that uh, that need to call Kathleen for a date. Holla. <laughs> but 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 actually this may this may be the answer to the question. I don't hmm. know. So according to to Eric Hurst, who is an economist from the University of Chicago, he says that they haven't gone anywhere. They're just plugged in. Mm-hmm. They're plugged into the matrix, y'all. Yo. Word. We've lost. That's right. He says that uh, research that that he's done indicates that young men with less than a four-year degree are spending their days unemployed and unmarried, but not unamused. He says, quote, the hours that they are not working have been replaced almost one for one with leisure time. Where can I get that job? Yep. <laughs> Tell you what. Yeah. I mean, every now and then. But I, I think that if I had nothing but leisure time, my brain would begin to atrophy. Yeah. You and would go crazy. I would go crazy. I would go stir crazy. Like legitimately. I would go legitimately crazy. We'd put you somewhere. That's right. I'd be in a special room. That's right. I'd receive three hot meals. That's right. And I wouldn't have to, to have a cot because all of the rooms would be padded. <laughs> exactly. Come on up, Father. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. The Jeff Star One has several of those uh, chambers. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you scream. And that's why you're in a padded room. So, so uh, he says that seven. 75% of this new leisure time falls into one category, video games. 75%? The average, yeah. The average low-skilled unemployed man in this group, he says, plays video games an average of 12 and sometimes upwards of 30 hours per week. That's, That's a, almost a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could get paid doing it. 
I know some folks uh, that, that have um, gotten jobs as video game testers, like mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. testers. And so they can't. But this is folks that are just unemployed that are that are sitting in their rooms playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he says that, that Hearst says that they're content living, living at home, even compared to their peers. No argument can be made that they amuse themselves as a distraction from joblessness or a lack of relationships or any other deficiencies. On the contrary, for, for these young men, he says it's part of living the dream. Hmm. And I suppose that's where we'd begin to go, okay, is this freedom to do what's best or just freedom from having to do anything? Yeah. And that's what happens when a culture begins to get bored. Mm-hmm. You know, when a culture is in search of meaning. Yeah. And I think we can pretty much all agree that there is a crisis of, of manhood, mm-hmm. of, of, of actual manhood. Um, and, and actually, it manifests itself in uh, Kathleen not having a date that's just one that's just one manifestation right (laughs) but but still um there's a lot going on here um Mm -hmm. her says that uh that in addition to concerns about video games the issue is much bigger than the video games themselves is the portrait that emerges emerges of the young american male indicates an isolated entertainment absorbed existence with only the most childlike social ties like uh having relationships with your parents like a child parent relationship or Mm -hmm. or having bros you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and those are the ones that play a meaningful role. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that uh, that young men significantly more than young women are stuck in life. Now, hopefully, you're not one of those guys. Hopefully, you are you are not one of those who are, who are listening to just podcasts end on end on end. Um, or if you if you are, maybe if you are, it kind of do you feel stuck in a little bit of a rut? Maybe. Um, and so that's part of what we do on the Catholic Underground, by the way, is ask some of those questions of, mm-hmm. of do you find meaning in your life? And, and if, uh, if there is a, a space where you're going, hmm, what, what is it all about? That's what we're reflecting on here. I mean, he says that, uh, that a research released from, in May from the Pew Center, which is one of these big uh, statistic organizations, documented an historic demographic shift. American men aged 18 to 30 are now statistically more likely to be living with their parents than with a romantic partner. So uh, men 18 to 30 statistically more likely to be living with mom and dad mm-hmm. wow. and uh yeah mm. and so you know one of the things i find whenever i went to the seminary um that was kind of my my breaking out of of the house you know that's some people go off to college uh, like a, a secular college or something like that um, but for me it was going to the seminary and hopefully guys this is what happens to you i know when i came back home for for um from for christmas and easter break from hogwarts uh, <laughs> i remember feeling that that things were different in the house these are certainly still my parents but i'm i'm changing into a different person mm-hmm. right i'm becoming an adult and so that parent child relationship necessarily should become a little bit more maybe just a little more strained if you will as there's a tension a good kind of tension building of saying there should be a, a docking procedure where I'm unlatching from this and going on to my, my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but apparently uh, the, the, the Pew research says that they're statistically more likely to be living with parents. The trend is significant for one simple reason. 20 and 30-something men who are living at home, working part-time or not at all, are unlikely to be, are you ready, Kathleen? Mm. They're not preparing for marriage truth and that's one of the things that begins the unlatching in fact i believe the scriptures talk about that right and for this reason mm-hmm. um, a man shall leave his parents and cling to his, his wife. wife yeah right i did you know I've, I've, this is a, a topic that is dear and dear to my little heart mm-hmm. uh so i've done a little bit of research and somewhere i found that in like the the 
40, in the early 30s and 40s, um, something like 20% of people um, in their late 20s and 30s um, were living at home with their parents. And now it's something like 60 to 70%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is why like single, uh, th- like single adults are kind of like this uh, weird yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Because we... We were meant to go from one family to another. Yeah. And now we go from one family to the abyss. Isn't it interesting <laughs> that like the 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 uh, the so-called destruction of the family unit mm-hmm. has resulted in this completely right new conglomeration of what we would call a vocation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the single vocation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of discussion. Is that a vocation? Yeah. I don't or think not. that it was. <laughs> I think that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and and as we've talked about before, the the ordinary way in which that is lived out is through consecrated life of, mm-hmm. of one form or another. Uh but but now we have those who are not living um the consecrated life in the strict sense, right? They're not taking a rule in a religious community, mm-hmm. but you're also you're you're waiting. You're waiting, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. You don't have the fast pass on your wrist. You just wait. Fast pass. Yeah, that's right. So uh, <laughs> exactly. So so uh, Hearst says that research see, says that these men are single. They're unoccupied, and they're fine with that because their happiness doesn't depend on whether or not they're growing up and living life. Mm-hmm. And uh, this actually can manifest itself in a perpetual adolescence in other areas of life. Do you think? And this is just a thought that popped in my mind. But do you mm-hmm. think it's also um, could be a result of women being? Um, like like the extreme feminist, like I can take care of myself, I can do for myself. Well, that that mm-hmm. that there is a component there, I would say. Yeah, you know, that just popped into my mind. Just a mm-hmm. thought, like you know, I don't I don't need you to man up. Mm-hmm. I can man up myself. You know, you, and it's you like, know, one of the ways that I see this manifest, or, mm-hmm. are you, this is this is in in the liturgical laboratory. Uh, oftentimes, I see this manifest with uh, with girl servers. Mm-hmm. Um, my my female servers in my parishes, and this has been for as long as I've been a priest, ten years. The female servers in my parishes uh, are are by far the best. They're mm-hmm. good. They are mm-hmm. they are they're clued in. They're paying attention. You know, seventy percent out of my you know hundred percent of of, of servers, um, they're paying attention. Um, I don't have a whole lot of guy servers because oftentimes what will happen is is the the girl server will. Uh, kind of take charge mm. and the guy will just simply step back mm-hmm. and let the girl take charge and that's not necessarily a bad thing in the grand scheme of things you know but but it it does assert something very different and so we even see a vocational component to this where young men are now stepping back saying well if if they're doing that then i i can just yeah. go sit mm-hmm. down on the side on the bench and i can go to football because you know i know that that right now that's me and the other guys. And mm-hmm. so there is a component there too um, where, yeah, there is this um, maybe unintentional domination taking place, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I think yeah, there's something. I think there. you're right. I, I remember reading something, it was a long time ago, so I'm not going to be able to get the specifics, but about the demographic shifts that help, might help explain mm-hmm. how things were 50, 60, 70 years ago and how they are now. And the, one of the, the things that they looked at was that there's more college-educated women now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how even that alone can it tends to indicate this shift in, in, in marriage disparity. Or so, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's fewer women being married, uh, fewer couples getting married. And even in those couples, it's uh, less of the college-educated women because somehow that might be seen as a threat or yeah. as as something less desirable and again it's important to say that that uh um, women being educated and getting advanced degrees that these are good and these are important mm-hmm. absolutely but it, it, it is important to be aware 
of of the societal, cultural, and vocational shifts that 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 can bring about, especially when when pursuing the degree becomes the identity mm -hmm. rather than than putting it to the service of yeah. family life and and the world, uh, the you know the job that that helps to to bring about family life. You know, mm -hmm. so of course this is, I'm, this is I'm a guy saying this, so you know, yeah. but but still as a priest also. I see how this is playing out in families. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I don't have people at mass, the reason I don't have servers at mass, the reason when I do have servers, it's usually the same ones. It's because the family unit is is broken in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And and as I told my men today, because I'm we're talking about the vocations, Christ and things like this, as fathers, you need to man up and be fathers to your children. And one of the number one ways you can do that is by asking your young men, your sons, have you thought about being a priest? Because if you can ask them, you know, have you been hunting this season? Have you caught anything? You know, mm -hmm. have you have you uh, have you shot anything in the in the woods? Um, you can also say, son, you have a, a good heart. Uh, have you thought about maybe being a, a priest, being a father of a spiritual family? Mm -hmm. You know, or son, you have a good heart. You're going to make a, a young woman very very happy one day because you care for her. I've seen the way that you treat your sisters and all that be willing to do that because what can happen is that love and sex are arguably the best incentives for men to assert their adulthood right that's usually when 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 the hormones begin to to activate and whenever um whenever guys begin to say ah oh, man i i want to i want to settle down right i, I want to to take a, a woman as my bride and I, and I want to bring her into my home and i want to provide for her well the comfort of their parents homes and their gaming systems, young men can live out their fantasies without the frictions of reality. And you know what that sounds like? Pornography. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. Pornography is not just the hardcore stuff in the deepest recesses of the internet. Pornea is, is trying to, to live out a fantasy without reality. Mm -hmm. Trying to live out a sexual relationship or a love relationship without reality and the benefit of reality. Um, and so it, it, could it be that one reason that millions of young American men feel satisfied with their perpetual adolescence is that their sexual appetites are sated by a diet of internet pornography um, or, or kind of living in their bubble um, of, uh, you know, not going out, not being social. Mm -hmm. uh, no woman they can meet in the coffee shop or church camping trip could possibly compete with a perfectly toned, perfectly undemanding model, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that objectification is very dangerous for that for men, and we know that. It's very, very dangerous, and this is perhaps why. It stunts our ability to be spiritual beings, right? Mm -hmm. because, because love and sex are not just biological. They are a spiritual function as well, and that is why the man shall leave his parents and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, and they will bring forth children. That's, that's what this is all about, you see? So, uh, yeah, and also, of course, the mild embarrassment a man might feel uh, looking at real girls in the eye after days of absorption and fantasy perfection is avoidable if he simply doesn't get out, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so young men also never have to deal with the guilt of impure actions and things mm -hmm. like that if they never are face-to-face -face with, with true beauty, true beauty. And if you ever go to Italy, uh, Kathleen, I hope you do. One day. Um, yeah, Maybe you, for my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> but but in in Europe in Europe people stare at other people just all day long, and it's not it's not necessarily that that uh, that pornea stare, but uh, I've noticed in Europe that that people will just well they'll watch they're just they're constantly watching everybody else, and you can see that 
there's a genuine interest in mm. in in the human person you know mm. um in the united states our puritanical roots don't really allow us to do that sort yeah. of thing but but the notion of of of, uh, of scanning in a good way you know of, of of just watching humanity at work one of the things that uh, that uh, Mr. Hirsch says that a connection between enslavement to video games and enslavement to pornography is not far fetched. He, he notes uh, Russell Moore, who says the former offers fake war video mm-hmm. games, and pornography offers fake love. Mm-hmm. And so a young man can oscillate from primal thrills of conquest to comfort of faux intimacy and all mm-hmm. the stuff that that involves. And so we begin to get a picture of uh, what's going on here, of what could be going on here, and. We need compassionate and bold models of Christian masculinity. We need that right now. Um, and so it's it's very, very sad to think and difficult to think that an entire generation's potential should be wasted on an addiction to stimulation, mm-hmm. you know? So sin, you know, sin's always double-edged like that. So it's, it's always a double-edged sword. It's not a matter of only doing what we ought not to do, but also of neglecting to do what one ought, right? Mm-hmm. We call this... You'll remember this from your Baltimore Catechism, Jeff, sins of omission and sins of commission, right? And the things that I've said and done, right? We say that at Mass when we do the long form of the, uh, of the act of the confidior mm-hmm. uh, and the things that I have, what, uh, uh, uh-oh, I'm forgetting it now because I'm not saying it from beginning to end, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and what I have done and what I failed to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, uh, what if, I don't know, imagine if our young men we're not doing these things. Mm-hmm. Imagine what we would see. Would we see fatherhood? Would we see uh, a boldness? Would we see a, a leadership, right? Would we see candidates for public office that mm-hmm. are markedly different from the ones that, that, we, that we have now? You know, If you think about who we vote for, we, we tend to vote for those who embody boldness and who embody uh, strength and who embody um, uh, might, if you will. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes we get copies of that. We get the outward show, but we don't necessarily get the inward reality. Um, and so that's, 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 there's interesting thoughts there. Um, so yeah, they should matter to any of us who care about human flourishing. Uh, in fact, Olivia and I were talking about it before the show began, that, uh, that the goal of humanity is eudaimonia, mm-hmm. to flourish as a human being. Not just to be happy, to be satiated, to have all my appetites filled, but to find meaning and to find fulfillment in that meaning. The beauty of family gives us meaning. The sustenance of friendship gives us meaning. The health of our civic society gives us meaning and helps us to find fulfillment. And so I suppose that we could even talk about this in in line of faith. Rather than trying to attract millennials by reshaping faith in the image of entertainment, so like having stages with Mm -hmm. rock bands and interactive texting experiences, Shouldn't we as Christians offer the gospel as one that saves not only from hell, but also from meaninglessness? I think beautiful liturgy has the capacity to do that. Well, what's awesome about that is that the, that people are attracted to the, they're so, you know, like, I, I don't want to go to, go to church and, and then again be staring at a screen. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, I'm, right. I'm I want other. yearning for something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and a lot of people think that that's the way to go. Well, let's just flash them and blah, 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 That's and, right. You know. Yeah, let's make a video game and call it church. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, where the, the majority of young people are looking for something that is counter 
cultural. Yeah. They're looking for something different. They want to, and they need some help. We need mm-hmm. some help. Mm-hmm. They want to detach from the screen mm-hmm. and enter into something that's real. Mm-hmm. There's there's a desire for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't know how, um, and and it's hard. It's like an it's it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, um, just recently I did a little research into um, there are there is a a. Um, a center in the United States, I think there might only be one for technology addiction alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place in, in China, mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's becoming, people are realizing this is a real addiction. Yeah. And for those who have struggled with that, it's not something you can just walk away from. Right. You know, we look at these guys and we're like, oh, just get up and go outside. It's that easy. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a desire for that reality, a desire yeah. for that realness. Um, but, but we need to find out how we can help them disengage mm. and engage yeah. in something that's real. That's right. And and how, as Catholics with the liturgy, mm-hmm. how do we provide not a cold turkey experience, right. mm-hmm. but how do we provide a, a transitional experience that still says, this is the Catholic faith, this is our liturgy, this is the mass of the ages. Uh, how can we provide the beauty that, um, that, that a man seeks and then allow the liturgy to speak to him on a deeper level so that he can go want to seek the same beauty in that liturgy mm-hmm. in his bride or in the church right. to whom he weds. I don't know. Tolkien reminds us that not all who wander are lost. Um, perhaps not all who are lost wander. And those are the ones that we have to go over, uh, go out to. And that mm-hmm. is the work of evangelization. We hope that uh, the Catholic Underground does some of that work of evangelization, which is why as a public service to you, we always like to provide that part of the show that we call the CU Pick of the Week. And indeed, it is a public service. Uh, it might be a public public disservice, depending on some of the picks of the week. But because uh, we, we do like occasionally to show you leisure time activities because, well, uh, true leisure is is actually a good thing, yeah. you know. Leisure, um, the basis of culture. That's right. Leisure is the basis of culture. How we how we spend our free time denotes how we wish to spend the rest of our time. You know, mm-hmm. um, as you know, uh, Kathleen is continuing her uh, her jaunt. Yes, uh, I love this. Of uh, yeah, of of things that that you should look at for Kathleen's Christmas with a purpose. There you go. I didn't realize it has a title, but that's it. I just made that up in my brain. Good for you. So I hope hope it works out. Yeah. Um, So this is the first Sunday of Advent. You got a bonus Christmas giving ideas. I don't know. Christmas Lent. I'm so good with the last one. (laughs) I can't even talk. Uh, But this, here we go. You're doing okay, great. I'm talking about giving gifts with a purpose. If you're looking for things that, you know, we all, we, oftentimes we buy things and, you know, we're like, I don't really know, but I just got to give somebody something. Mm-hmm. These, what I like to do at, at Christmas is find places um, where I'm giving a gift, but it means something. There's something mm-hmm. added onto it. And so I, I was scrolling through Facebook right after the show last week, and this thing called Bomba Socks came up. I was like, what is this? So apparently four years ago, um, these two guys were working for a media company and they had always talked about starting their own business. And one of the guys, Dave, saw online that um, at homeless shelters, the one thing that they don't give away is used socks. Mm-hmm. However, these guys are these people who live on the streets. Um, usually they don't take off their shoes right. um, because they might get stolen. Um, they don't have any modes of transportation except for their feet. So their socks are what cause um, you know the most damage to their feet um, and, and what, what wears out the, the fastest. And so um, they wanted to do something about it. They wanted to um, to to 
to give back. They thought this is a problem. So they quit their job and they started a sock company mm -hmm. and they named it Bombas, which is Latin for bee, because they were talking about bees live um, in a hive and they work together. And though they are small, when combined, the effort that they exhort is, it has a great impact. And so their mantra is be better. Oh, yeah. um, and so what happens is you go on this website, you can buy one pair of socks and they will donate a pair of socks. And so these aren't any like normal socks. They went and like, looked at socks and they said, what can we do better? And so there's things like, um, there's, it's a seamless toe, right? If that, that seam at your toe has ever bothered you, Yes, there is no, it's seamless. Um, there is uh, arch support. And it's also like if you wear crew socks, which I haven't worn those since I was like in eighth grade. But <laughs> if you wear crew socks, they, they made them so that they don't fall down. Yeah, minor the elastic in my socks is just. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> please put your shoe back on. Sorry, sorry, folks. <laughs> so anyway, it's a family show. It took them two years uh, to make the perfect sock, um, and they thought it would take ten years to donate a million socks. It took two and a half years mm -hmm. wow. to donate a million socks, and so they have them in men's, women's, children, um, invisible ankle, quarter, and calf. So a wide variety, sure all kinds. And knee. And knee for women, Knees. yeah. Um, they'll run you about $12 a pair, but these are good looking socks. They're, They're good pretty. quality socks. Yeah. Um, $18 for a pair of wool socks. But you also gotta remember that um, that you're also buying two pairs of socks right. and it's worth it. Um, they didn't just give you you know some fluff socks, but the same pair of socks are going to uh, to someone who really needs it. And if you ever cool. worked with homeless people, this is a great need. So, um, mm -hmm. so Bomba socks, they're currently, for the next couple of hours, running a 20% off sale uh, for So Black if you're listening Friday. to us live, right, right, right. then this will do you some good. Yes, if not, still go to their website. It's awesome, they got all different kinds of colors uh, and styles. It's it's a great, I'm adding this to my Christmas. Nice. Christmas. Kathleen's favorite things. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Olivia. Olivia. Yeah, my pick of the week is some Advent reading because I personally am trying to get myself in the in the mindfulness or the the that mental state of Advent. Um, and I usually do that by reading something. So, um, just recently in the last couple of days or even maybe today, uh, a letter by Bil Bishop Shelton Fobb out of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau here in Louisiana. Uh, he, he released this letter called A Reason to Hope. Uh, and he meant it as Advent reading for the people in his diocese. But I mean, we are Catholic. It's a mm -hmm. universal church. So if you're in Pittsburgh, this letter's for you. Um, okay. And we'll put the, the link in the show notes. And it's great because it's accessible reading, um, but he he breaks it down into um, something that you can pray with throughout the season of Advent. So really a well done pastoral week. letter. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and, and he makes sure that it is something you can pray with because it, it's, it's prose, but then it's also um, things drawn from pop culture, right. as well as questions for reflection and even... Um, ways to pray with the scriptures during the week, the, the scriptures from daily mass. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a really well-rounded way to, to get at Advent. Uh, so that's my pick of the week. That's right. That is a, that is a good Very pick nice. of the week. In fact, um, uh, Bishop Fobb's Episcopal motto is comfort my people. Wow, which is that. is one of the great um, Advent um, um, desires of the prophet Isaiah to, to bring comfort to my people. And, uh, and I happen to know Bishop Bob uh, has always loved Advent. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to have a pastoral letter from him that is, that is this in-depth, 
uh, it's because it's the fruit of him contemplating Advent for many years now. And so I'm looking forward to reading it myself. Yeah. Jeff, your pick of the week. Do you have a pick of the week? Yeah. Royal Red Shrimp. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to Google it because <laughs> I tell you what, I've had them before. Yeah, there, is and... a, there is a link in the show notes. Uh, oh, okay. Father. So, uh, okay. uh, but I, I, I got to tell you, I, I had some over the weekend and it, to me, it's just the perfect food. Uh, I, I, I ate them for the first time about a year ago and uh, they're a little more expensive than the pink, white, and brown shrimp. Um, they are. They're very expensive, actually. Uh, the, but the fishermen have to go a little bit further out uh, to get them because they they live at around two to three thousand feet. Oh deep. my! Yeah. Nice. But um, I, I'm telling you, they're they're they're, um, they're not real plentiful, and and you can find them pretty nice sized. Uh, most uh, seafood park markets will have the smaller ones, but I've had them boiled and I've had them steamed. I've never had them like fried or anything. Uh, they're they're just naturally tasty, steamed with very little seasoning. They're like little lobsters. Uh, I mean, they, they really are. They really have, uh, they got the sweetness, saltiness, texture, and flavor. So it doesn't really need a lot of seasoning. And I like them between the taste of lobster, but the texture of scallops. So yeah, uh, they, that's they're, true. They're, they're really good. I've tried them, tried them with drawn butter or with cocktail sauce, but leave that stuff alone. Yeah, just, just eat just eat the shrimp. Just steamed. Eat, eat the shrimp. And, and not a lot of seasoning. They're, they're wonderful. So yeah, there it that's, is. A, that's a good pick of the week. Royal Reds. My pick of the week is for whenever I, uh, I get that chance to go on a little vacation, um, which may not happen, but that's okay because uh, at least you can look at it on the internet. So <laughs> the name of this website is The Earth Awaits. Mm. And so it will give you, you give it a monthly budget the apartment type that you want, whether you want to live high on the hog or extremely, you know, um, bootstrapped, the crime rate, the pollution of the city, and then you check the continents that you'd like to visit, and then you click search, and it will give you um, all of the cities that you can live on in the budget that you suggest. So, wow. uh, so if you want to live on zero to two thousand dollars, you can go to Braga in Portugal, and it breaks it down, tells you the population, the pollution rate, the crime rate. And then it will tell you the cost breakdown. So you're going to spend 552 bucks on average on housing, 260 bucks on food, and uh, 388 dollars on uh, on other things, on sundries and stuff like that. So the Earth awaits is my pick of the week, and um, yeah, give it a shot, and then get out there. You know, <laughs> that's right. We are always thankful, Jeff, of those who support us, aren't we? We are, Father. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because people like you join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. And also by Mystic Monk Coffee. More information at catholicunderground.tv. That is correct. And if you would like the show notes for this episode, if you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, you can go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the Faith Ninja, at Kathleen YABR. Olivia Galino is at OM Galino on Twitter. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. And, of course, you know Ed and, and uh, Katie. <laughs> And me, you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. Follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice with the Catholic Underground, we're Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.